Okay, another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you doing? Josh, I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be back after a little two-week break. And yeah, back in the FPL swing, entering that festive period, best time of the year, not just for Christmas, but also for FPL reasons. And yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, all gravy, nothing to complain about. You know, mammoth fantasy week for for lots of different reasons. Loads of crazy results for the new managers and the new teams. I'm sure you'll be happy about that. You predicted against the villains and uh, come up trumps. So yeah. Yeah, I'll take that every day. Must be loving it. Thanks for reminding me for being a Judas. Oh, there you go. That's all right. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a manic week. And what we play FPL for that kind of week, ups and downs. And yeah, a lot to, lot to go through. So what's on the agenda? Well, we've found a little groove now, haven't we? So what we're going to do is cover the same, same points that we have done in, in recent uh, videos. And this yeah. time you'll see our faces. And so we're just going to go through review game week 12, as we always do. Then we're going to look at the top performers for XG and XA the last five game weeks. Then we're going to go through some quick fire questions. We've got eight this week. Then we're going to look at some key fixtures, the key fixtures for game week 13. And then we're going to obviously look at our plans, transfer plans and captaincy, and then a look at how the Algo teams got on in game week 12. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to me. Yep, standard standard template. We're doing this in our sleep now, aren't we? Exactly. Doing Easy. it in our sleep, streamline. Good. <laughs> Um, so Josh, how did you get on in game week 12? Talk to me. Well, you know, green arrow. So can he complain at that? Mm-hmm. Not massive, but still I'll take it. Um, total points, 69 points. So pretty good overall. I mean, big performers. A lot of people had some massive defensive performances this week. And yeah, Trent and Cancelo were my two. So coming in with 15 points for Trent. Obviously, 12 for Cancelo. They're just looking immense. And then Salah, obviously, still returning. Bought in Jota this week. He got eight. Bought in Gallagher. He got five. And then Tony, you know, we've been kind of talking about getting him out and saying Brentford's a bit mismatched. And his shot probably should have been saved, but I'll take the goal. That'll do. Finally done the business for you. Yeah, lovely, Tony. So, yeah, overall... Not too bad. And then, you know, those those blanks. We've got Livy. Can't be, can't be angry at Livy after all he's done for us in recent weeks. Um, Duffy with the point, but he came off the bench from me. So, you know, not expecting too much. And then blanks from Vardy and Antonio as well. But, you know, the forwards, a lot of the, the big forwards are kind of not really doing it across the board. So I can't really complain about those two. But overall, great. I'll take it. Happy days, man. Yeah, well done. 69, nice score. Um, less of a good week for me. Less of a, less of a good one. Uh, 60 points, so a little bit above the average, um, which I'm always happy with. And I always say if you hit 60, you can't complain uh, about the week. So, yeah, not too bad. Just, that bit, just a bit disappointing, you know, when you think you're on for a really good week and then it kind of, it just it's a bit of a damp squib on the Sunday. That's kind of what happened to me, really. Um, so yeah, like you, I had Duffy come in on the real pain of this week was having Dennis and Cody on the bench, 14 points and six points. Did see that. Which That's burned windy. that one did burn. Dennis, I mean, thinking about I was just thinking about Dennis on my walk to the gym earlier, just thinking about him. Um, and my long history with with him. I remember you recommended getting him in weeks and weeks ago for me. Um, which I did and played him. And I think he got one point in three consecutive weeks. So yeah. I was like, you know what, bench fodder now. And since then, he's come out with some explosive scores. I think he's the fourth highest forward in the game, scoring forward in the game. So, yeah, whilst Kane and Antonio just do nothing for me week after week. So it's one to think about, I think. I need to, do I start playing him? I don't know. Um but yeah, thank God for Liverpool this week. Salah was 16 points, Mane 12 and Trent 15 really just saved me this week. Only Gallagher getting any other sort of return for my team. And um, 
Yeah, I need. To, I think the theme of this week, Josh, will be those fullbacks, won't it? I need to get some fullback action in my team. Um, but we can talk about which ones to get, whether people should be doing it or not. And yeah, looking forward to to hearing your thoughts on that. My spoiler: they are present in the quickfire question round, so can't wait. You know, we can talk about it then more. Yeah, lovely job. Good. So, yeah, let's not dwell on my team there. Let's not dwell on that because it was uh, it's not very exciting. 60 points, is it? But, yeah, I've sort of stayed almost exact rank-wise, I think. Tiny red arrow. So I went from... Where have I gone from? Why can't I read these stats? I'm looking at the wrong game week. Yeah, I've gone, well, I've gone from 1.4 mil to 1.4 mil. So, yeah... Dropped 30k, 30k places, 30k places. You needed more decimal points there. 30k places I've dropped. So it's a, it's a kind of treading water week for me. So it's like um, the game week never happened then, really. Let's basically. forget it. Yeah, let's forget <laughs> it. Tune in next week for next week's part. Um, but yeah, you've yeah you've done really well the last couple of weeks after a bit of a dip, mid-season dip. Um, yeah, two green arrows. Long may it continue, basically. Got to be buzzing. Can't be buzzing with that. In the room. So we're moving on to XG and XA, top performers. So let's start with third spot for the XG. Still present in the XG chart. It's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, 3.66. We've had, you know, two goals in these last five games and then one assist as well to boot. Thoughts on the P, Jack? Yeah, thoughts on the P. I'm not a big fan of the P. I'm not eating my greens really anymore. He's still not, he's not the horror show he was last season, but he's nowhere near back to his back to his best, where he was one of the best players in the game, wasn't he, the season before? Um, I mean, Arsenal got a lesson by Liverpool, I thought. They got a real hard, look, you're not this level yet, anywhere near the level of, of Liverpool where they, it was embarrassing really for them to I mean maybe not embarrassing but it was like stark the difference after Klopp and uh, had their little tiff on the touchline then it just got it just was amazing how Liverpool responded and um, Arsenal had nothing I thought it was was remarkable to see Um, so yeah P and obviously they're not going to play Liverpool every week but Aubameyang isn't the player in that team that he doesn't have that talisman theory behind him I don't think anymore for them I think they're they're relying on the Sackers and the Smith Rows and even the Lacazettes a bit more now than than they used to. Um, so it's probably good for Arsenal, but bad for Aubameyang as a, an FPL asset, despite these decent underlying stats. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? It's a strange one. I mean, obviously, he's, he's underperforming. You know, XG of 3.66, only actually two goals in that period of, of those last five games. But... I know what you mean. He's he's not quite given you enough or us enough to really go for, like really push the agenda on him and say, look, you need to bring him in. Because, but it is strange because there is there's a, a lack of other forward assets that we're really going for, and it has been a lot of chat about you know shifting funds from your front line to your defensive line because those defensive assets are performing so well but that's not going to be the case for the whole season and obviously you want to get a jump on things before it starts to switch but I think you'll re- we'll be reading into it too much if we try to push him ahead of you know some of those defensive assets that's just trying to find something that's not there isn't it yeah I agree I mean yeah yeah we say jump on something before it switches but there's got to be signs that it's going to switch and there are yeah. really, really are there I'd like a Bamiang, I just don't get that fear factor of, God, I really wish I had him, you know, that you get with some players that I'm definitely getting with the fullbacks at the moment, the Chilwells and the Cancelos, who will come on to. But that fear factor there for me is really there with them. Um, and it's not to do with their ownership even. It's just to do with, God, why don't why don't I have this guy on my team? Does it make sense? Um, and I'm not getting that with a Bamiang, no. Um, but on the flip side, as you say, there aren't really, it's not like, by having him, you're missing out on a superstar striker at his price point at the moment. So he's not the worst one to have. Probably, I probably wouldn't sell him if I didn't need to, if I had him um, with a free transfer. But yeah. Yeah, so a bit of meh 
Just bit of meh. Meh. Just yeah, meh. A bit of meh with pea, just just standard peas. There's nothing fancy about these peas. <laughs> Boring no, peas. No exciting spices or not even mushy. No. So let's move on. Who's number two in the the XG charts, Joshua? Or talking about fear factor and talking about having confidence in someone, it's Watford's Joshua King. Mm. So 360 minutes in the last five game weeks. Just beating the P in the XG with 3.69, but returning four goals. So you've got Dennis, and I know, you, as you said, he's been kind of performing in the last two, despite doing nothing really for a long time since I recommended him to actually you before then. But King, and let's extend it, King and Dennis, the two of them, what are you thinking kind of short, medium term for them? Well, spoiler alert, a little bit from our transfer moves later, I might be doubling up on these two. Ooh. You know, I know pretty wild, but I'm, I'm relying on you to talk me out of that because it does seem insane to Watford strikers in your team. But Josh, yeah, King, I mean, he scored that hat-trick, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, which I guess four of these goals are made up of that hat-trick. Mm-hmm. Um, but got one against United, but United were just bafflingly bad, weren't they? And, you know, they would, that is the worst they have looked ever, I think, in my life of seeing them. Like worse than under Moyes, Bang Hao, Mourinho, previous Ole disasters. Like that is, that was maybe the worst Man United performance I've ever seen, certainly from a defensive standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds mad to say, but he's not going to play United every week. So should we get him in? I don't know. Great enabler is Price. I think he's 5.4 or something. Um, and yeah, I don't know. what Are Watford any good? I'm not sure they are. It's tricky. It's tricky. For an enabler, yes. For anything more, I think we need to see a bit more consistency. What do you think? I am surprised that you're doubling up. I mean, I, I would say if, if you were going to just have him, for example, or Dennis, I'd say, okay, enabler, great. They've been performing well recently. But Watford have got mixed fixtures next. So Leicester, Chelsea, Man City, mm. Brentford, Burnley. So across the next five, two very, very tough fixtures. And then, you know, the, the rest are mixed, really. But what I'd say is through that, if you've got both of them, I mean, what if any of your other assets or any of your other players have tough fixtures as well, you'll be forced to play one of them maybe through one of those tough fixtures or or not. And 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 then the other question is, if you move to having both of them in the team, getting off of them at their price point is going to be very tough. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, well, let's forget about me for now because it's a unique, I'm a unique example of, why I might want to double up, and we can go into that later of why I might be looking to do it to get it's basically a, to get funds reason, and mm. it's I need a cheap striker. Is he the best one apart from Dennis? Um, so we can go into that a bit later, I think. But yeah, as any as an asset in himself, I think you're right. It's not United were a freak, a freak occurrence. They were that bad, and they got who did he score the hat trick against? They beat someone like five three, didn't they? It's like a wild game. Who was that against? Um, do you remember that? It was a crazy, a crazy back and forth game. But it was someone that's not too bad, I thought. Um, but anyway, I just think Watford, uh, there's a lot of problems still with that Watford team. So I think wait and see with, with them if you can. But if you do need that enabler, as we'll discuss later, I think he's a, he's a great option. Yeah, that was against Everton, the hat-trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, because he was there, wasn't he? He got the revenge hat trick because they never played him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think good, good enabler, especially as there's an absence of other strikers. Agree with you on that. And we'll let everyone else make their own decision on him past that. <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah, make your own decision, people. Don't listen yeah, to us. Yeah, come on, guys. Don't God. be sheep. Come yeah, on. Yeah, sheeple. Uh, Who is number one, Josh? Who's number one in the XG charts? Shocker, this one. It is still Mohamed Salah. So, over the last five game weeks, 4.08 XG, five goals, continues to perform, 
And then we're looking also not just the goals, but four assists as well. So, I mean, do we continue to speak about him? I think he's put his case forward for the Puma captain again this week. Just yeah, continues. Just going. Yeah, just keep captaining him. Keep rolling with it. Have faith. He's the surest bet I've ever seen, I think, in FPL. Like, it's just mad. And just watching them turn it on against Arsenal, Salah was frightening. Like Salah, I thought Mane was great as well. And having having Mane save my game week as well as as well as Salah, I think Mane's back to something like his best too. But yeah, Salah's that was essential. And yeah, avoid captaining him at your own risk for sure. Yeah, nothing more needs to be said about that. Everyone knows it, really, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's basics. It's basics. Should we move on to the XA? XA, yeah, third spot. Callum Hudson Odoi popping up again. He was there last week. He's there again this week. An XA of 1.8. In the last five, he's had one goal, zero assists. Despite those expected assists, he still has zero. So, poor guy. Any updates on the opinion of last week, which was this is way too soon? Yeah. Any, any update on that? He's not on my radar at all. Not interested. I think he could be dropped at any given moment. Chelsea, especially with the European games and the, the fi- Christmas fixtures, I think he's not worth the risk getting in your team, frankly. Yeah, opinions not changed on him. Really good player, I think, but FPL, that Chelsea team, is, is very risky getting any kind of attacking asset there. Yeah, not a lot else to say. What do you think? Completely agree. I mean, he's not, he's not been exactly an outstanding performer, like, setting himself as undroppable to Tuchel, for example. So, you know, he he will be rotated at some point when he's going to lose minutes. And in fact, you know, he has, in those last five game weeks, he's only actually, he's played less minutes than the other two people in the XA chart. So that yeah. kind of proves proves the theory. And I'm sure it will be proved further in the next few game weeks as well. Yeah, no doubt. Avoid. Avoid, Avoid. for now. Yeah. But perfect segue talking about the other two to the second spot, Jack. Who's in number two? Another unfamiliar face. Second spot. Yeah, it's another avoid. Mo Salah. Don't get him. (laughs) Uh, Avoid buying him because you should already have him. So you can't buy him. Uh, Let's move on. We've talked about Salah. Let's move on to number one. Number one, it's his Liverpool teammate, Trent Mm Alexander-Arnold. 2.8 XG, XA, sorry. That's almost 1.0 more. It's actually 0.9 more than Salah which is huge. One goal, four assists in the last five. I mean, he's right up there with the Cancelos and, you know, the Chilwells and all of the people that are creating from, from the back line. And I would say that maybe he's, he's the one that you have most confidence in to continue performing across the whole season as well. Out of those. Yeah, I mean, he's got the track record, like you say, hasn't he? He's got the track record of seasons gone by where he's been essential. He's back to that level now. Liverpool as a whole are back to that level now. And we, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk later about the fullbacks and the premium defenders, but I think he's king of the he's top of the pile. If you don't have him and you're looking to, to bulk up your defence, he's the one to get if you don't have him. He's just brilliant, isn't he? Lethal crosser. Yeah, he really is. He's scary. He's probably got less goal threat than, say, a Cancelo or a Chilwell. But he, I'd say just more than makes up for it with his um, assist potential. Like, it's be- the best of any... Well, there's, as these stats show, the best potential of any player in the whole game. Midfield striker or defender for, for assists. And he's got the likes of... He's got two of the most lethal finishers in the business on the end of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Don't know what people are looking at with their teams, but he's got to be pretty high on the list of people to bring in if you don't have him. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. All right, that's XG and XA. Quick little break, and then we'll go on to the quick fire questions. Happy days, man. Yeah, let's do it. Lovely. Cool. And we're back. We are back. And now, Jack, straight into the quickfire questions. And I prepared them for you this week. So I'm going to be, you know, pitching them to you and then come back with as quick but useful and helpful answer as possible. Quick and helpful. <laughs> They'll be as quick as they are helpful. There we go. Perfect. Um, Wait a minute. 
Take it that way. Yeah, take it that way you want. Uh, number uh, one, this is actually a question from you, the only question from you. So you should have an answer from this. Uh, Ollie is now gone. So what does that mean for United's talent? Jump on or stay off or hold or sell? Yeah, interesting. Obviously, the big news this week, Ole's finally been reluctantly nudged out the door, I would say, by the by the United board. Gutted for all of us who've been enjoying the, the circus. Ollie, Ollie It's in. been great. It's been a great, great few years for us all. And yeah, I'd be a bit worried now as a non-United fan um, about a, an actual manager who's not inept going in there and really making a go of it. Um, but ahead of game week 13, there is no one in there. Carrick's taking charge, I believe, of the next couple of games. Carrick's been there the whole time. Pretty rubbish coach by the look of it. So I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about it. Maybe if you've got a United, if you've got Ronaldo still, or if for some reason you've got Luke Shaw still, keep them. Um, but I'm not worried about them yet as a non-owner, to be honest. What about you? Is that you're a big Ronaldo fan? Does it pique your interest in him? No, for the reasons that you've just said. Someone who was on the coaching staff with Ollie previously. We're not expecting any significant change in, you know, the tactical strategy or man management. And there's no doubt that they've got the talented individuals there, but they really need a leader and coach to give them a set plan and to propel them, their morale and confidence to the next level. And Carrick's just not that guy. It's going to be much the same, isn't it? So I'm not expecting a bounce from Carrick it will be whoever the permanent persons that they bring in then we can really take a look at it but it's just one of these things they've got great assets and against fodder teams yeah they're going to get points but middle term you don't want to bring them in because you you have may have to get them out short term yeah yeah we're in agreement there it'd be fascinating it'd be fascinating seeing the potential is huge in it with those yeah. players the potential is massive but yeah don't rush into it wait and see how things play out. You don't know who's going to be dropped, who's going to start. Is Van der Beek going to come in now? We don't know. Yeah, loads of loads of questions open. Done. Good. Quick. Uh, Quick and helpful. I love it. Very good. Number two, please. Number two. So, a lot of talk of defensive assets now. Looking at the premiums as well. Two. Do you want two, three, four premiums? Mm. Answer. So, by premiums... What, how do you define a premium? Is it six and above? I'm looking six and above. And I know some five and a halfs have risen to around the six over the Reese Jameses, et cetera. So include yeah, them in the conversation. Count him in there. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we said in last week's pod, like, just slow down. Things can change really quickly. Attackers can come to the fray just as quickly as these guys have come up. But now... I've completely changed my mind after a week. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm getting that fear now, not owning. So I only own Trent. I don't have Cancelo, Chilwell or James. And I'm really worried now that I don't have them. When you watch Chelsea, especially, it's, you know, Chilwell could have had two goals easily alone at the, against Leicester. And Cancelo, just that assist was for Sterling was just an absolute peach. Salah-esque but from his right foot, the way he just curled it in, it was, it was beautiful. So, yeah, two or three, probably ideally three. Like, I guess the question is, if you're wildcarding now, would you pick two or three? I would pick three, like, especially without any, the other premiums, especially the premium forwards not doing the business. Ronaldo, Lukaku, Kane. I mean, I really feel sorry for the people that wildcarded around that time and got those three in, because they've had a shocker yeah. um, since then. So people like you who did the right thing while carded that great time when you did bring a few couple of them in. So you got Diaz and Cancelo, didn't you, I think, and Trent? Yeah, those three. Yeah, and that's that served you really well. What I would say is I don't know, say you have the, the I'd say the prime three to get would be um, Cancelo, Chilwell and Trent would be the, the prime three. And it, I'm not sure what having a, James is very close as well, but I think Aspilicueta is closer to knocking on his door than Alonso is on Chilwell's door. 
I'd be surprised if Aspica doesn't get another minutes in the Prem. Um, but those four would be the only ones I consider. I don't know if like a Diaz, say, or even a Rudiger is worth having on top of those three without doing a bit too much damage to your, to the rest of your team finance wise. What do you, what do you think about it all? Yeah, it's, it's dangerous going for the four and then having so people like Livermento and even like your Duffies or other defensive assets that you may want to play because then you could be looking at wanting to start five defenders and I know people will say well why is that a bad thing but relying on cleans in the Prem I think we've seen this before there's so much volatility it's so hard to predict results we've seen consistent returns from you know Liverpool Chelsea and City and they are the best three and I think Chelsea have joined City and Liverpool in you know their defensive consistency I think they're better actually in Liverpool this year um, so I think spreading your bets, as you said, taking one from each, the best, def- like a defender that has the best attacking output, get one one of each of the of the th- from the three teams, and then cover yourself with with two other cheaper defenders, and that will serve you well long term. At the moment, because they're booming, if you want a fourth, great, but know that you won't want that fourth for a long, long time. You know, you will be getting them out again. Yeah, true, and I think there are enough good very very cheap defenders to not you don't need the four big ones get the three and then you can get your livermento duffy cody johnson 3.9 at west ham starting fullback like there are enough budget budget guys that you could you'll feel okay putting on your bench playing those three or maybe playing one more of them and playing four livermento shown he's amazing value hasn't he apart from this week so so yeah i'd go for the go for the three go for the three if you can that's where I'm going to be aiming towards with with my transfers. Great. And actually, the next question, question three, you've already answered it within that answer. So it was who were the you know the best kind of three four assets okay. across the next five game weeks. So you've said ideally you'd take Chilwell, Trent, and Cancelo. So that answers that question. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would be two, and then two two budgets like a live. Then it would be Livermento definitely, and then another. A f- yeah, probably Johnson or or Duffy or Cody or one of the one of the four point five and belows. Lovely, yeah. Question four then. Mm-hmm. So this applies to those defenders that we've just talked about, but also midfielders and attackers for the European teams. Off the back of the international break, now we've got you know European games coming in midweek as well. Should you be wary of the rotation risk of? you know, some of these players. And this question I've raised because of Diaz this week, it looked like he was just dropped to rest basically ahead of the Champions League games. Should you factor that in? I mean, how much weight do you add to that? Yeah, I mean, only as much as I'd worry about certain teams' rotation anyway. So City, in European games or not, I'd worry about rotation. And same with Chelsea these days. Take Liverpool, Salah's going to start in Europe, isn't he? Does that mean he's going to be benched for the weekend? Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, I actually don't... I think it's a bit of a red herring with the European fixtures and people really worry about them. It's only a worry if the players you've got are a worry anyway, if that makes sense. So, like, if James starts for Chelsea, that's a worry that Atsby might start. But last weekend, it was a worry Atsby would start anyway ahead of him. So, I don't think it's... You know what I mean? Am I making sense there? It's not a big... I don't think it's a big deal outside of how big a deal rotation worry is anyway. Because I think Diaz, now, it just seems like he's not the kind of the player of the year player he was last year quite. And maybe he's regressed a bit. And so needs a rest. I don't know. Yeah, because no one's safe in that pep team, are they? Or the or the Chelsea team. I I get what you're saying. Like it emphasizes ready underlying risk, doesn't it? Yeah. Just just over this period of time where there's like heavy heavy fixtures. So, but that will always be there that risk. Yeah, and when you go down to the Europa League and the Europa Conference League teams, it's sort of in theory they should be more at risk because they're playing on the Thursday. But the teams in those um, competitions have less depth anyway. So, like, Kane's going to probably start that game and start at the Prem. Antonio the same because of their 
the lack of depth in their respective squads compared to Chelsea and, and City. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Lovely. My, my tip. Good. One less thing to worry about for FPL, so we'll, we'll take yeah. that. Um, question five, moving on. When will AFCON start coming to your thinking with your long-term transfer plans? So when you're thinking about who am I going to bring in, who am I, who should I need to cover or think about for players that are going to AFCON? It starts in January, but obviously the 9th of January, I believe it is, but players obviously will be leaving their squads, the Prem squads a bit earlier than that. I think it's touted kind of Boxing Day-ish. So when will you start considering that when you're making transfers? Probably not till the day before Boxing Day. Whatever is that a notable day on the calendar? Nah. Uh, nah, Boxing Day Eve, I call it. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a our good mutual friend Steve was educating me on this the other day. He was saying how there might be a bit of a dispute with Liverpool with Salah and Mane because. There, the rule is it's got to be two weeks before the tournament, but then they set a precedent for next year's World Cup when they've said eight days before the World Cup in um, Qatar. So Liverpool might argue, well, if it's eight days, then why not eight days now? And there's a game, I think, on 13 day against Chelsea for Liverpool 13 days before the tournament starts. So they'll obviously want Manny and Salah for that. So... Maybe it's a fault of mine for not looking too far ahead, but I'm not. We're still in November. I'm not thinking about it now. You know, so much changes in two weeks in FPL, let alone five weeks. That mm. I'm not going to start thinking about it until. Um, and we've got so many fixtures in those weeks anyway. It's almost like it's two months away in terms of fixtures, in terms of game weeks, rather than one month away. So yeah, I'm not. Maybe I should. Should I be worrying, Josh? Am I too relaxed? I think it's, it's worth taking a look at your squad now and just taking note of how many players you've got. So you've got, if I, if I understood this correctly, you'll have Dennis, Mane, Salah. People Dennis. may have Forgot Mendy. People may have Mendy. Arsenal have been hit, so not many people have Partey, but you know the, the Aubameyangs will be going as well. And then there's a few other assets, like Cornet, for example, looking great at the moment like having some good returns, he, he'll be going. So, yeah, I think it's just taking note of how many you've got. If you've got kind of four or above, then you should factor that into the next couple of weeks because the last thing you want to do is get yeah, to that true. game week and have like four people that you need to replace. Yeah, that is true. I mean, yeah, thinking about, yeah, I guess, yes, yeah, feasibly someone could have Mane Salah Cornet or Mane Salah Bamiyang or Cornet Bamiyang Salah. I suppose you're right. Yeah, I haven't, I'm not being empathetic enough with mm-hmm. potential teams and just thinking selfishly about my own one. So, yeah, maybe there's start still time. Thinking. There's still loads of time, and you and like hits aren't a crime, are they? If you want to take a hit, you can. And I'd at Last least wait week. until we definitely know when they're going to be going. Yeah. If they get an extension, then you might kick yourself for selling Mane before an easy fixture or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but keep keep it's one to keep an eye on, but I wouldn't start cementing in plans yet based on it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in the week leading up to it anyway, because it's going to be quite don't a big to. topic. So. Don't want to. I don't want to mention it again. We'll get there. We'll until get there. Boxing day. Until <laughs> Boxing Day, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to raise it secretly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, question six. So... We've got flags for both Jota and Rafinha this week. Obviously, yeah. we'll wait to hear from the managers at the conferences how, how they're doing ahead of the next game week. But if you had to replace them, if it looks like they're not going to play on, on the Friday, we hear they're definitely not playing. Who are you bringing in? Yeah, the Rafinha one was a, a real disappointment. Only because it just made me even more tantalisingly close to Dennis coming on. But Duffy was blocking him with his one-pointer. So, Cheers, Duffs. Thanks, Duffage. Um, yeah, do we know why how ill he is? What kind of it was it an illness with Rafinha? I haven't actually seen anything I've, else. I've only heard the report of the illness, which means he should be back. But I mean so. wait That's to hear the, the the news update right before the game week, isn't it? But I mean it came out of the blue for it blindsided us a bit. So uh, but Jotters is a bit different, obviously, than the knee collision. Knee. Mm. And as far as I'm aware, we've had no 
you know update on the scans or you know after the he's had it looked at so it's just kind of we'll have to wait and see for him yeah tough one two re- two probably the best value midfielders in the game out potentially which is is a real shame with Rafinha obviously wait on it I mean wait obviously wait on it for them both but um but if assuming they are out for this question who are the best replacements Gallagher's the obvious one that springs to mind I mean he's he's really pulling up trees at, at Palace who look who look brilliant at the moment I'd also lean towards Jared Bowen. I think they, even though West Ham lost at the weekend, he seems like the main man. He should have scored again at the weekend. In the last few weeks, he's he's been their, their best player, frankly. Um, Smith Rowe, also in the mix, still 5.9. Seems to be developing into a bit of a talisman for Arsenal now. And... Yeah, I don't know why I'm just not that keen on Smith Rowe. I don't know what it is. He keeps scoring. I don't know why I'm I'm against him really. Um and then the only other two I've got are Trossard for Brighton, who uh who did look lively against Villa still. Uh despite not scoring, he's definitely the talisman there at, at Brighton. And Bernardo Silva was the the only other one. So going against our mantra of avoid all city attacking options at all costs he seems to be breaking the mold now started every game apart from game week one pep said some great things about him um yeah i've thrown a lot of players at you there josh what do you how would you rank them in order or and have i missed anyone i mean i can't remember do you say corney as well i think his underlying stats have been good over the last four say is he a midfielder uh, I believe so. Could be wrong. I thought I, he was. Oh, my mistake. Or is yeah, he coming out as a striker? striker? I thought he was a striker. Yeah, could be. You may need to correct. Oh, no, you're me. right. No, you are completely correct. Actually, Cornet is a midfielder. Is a midfielder. So, I mean, if you look at his, you know, points breakdown as well, he's returned well over the last five. And Burnley, I know they're not the best team, and we talk about you know the quality of the team as well when considering them, but. You know, they've got Tottenham next, then Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham and Watford. So there's some nice fixtures in there for, for him. Um, and I think, like you said, maybe the lack of confidence in ESR for Arsenal, because he is overperforming. The stats show that he's overperforming at the moment. So we're waiting to see whether he can keep doing that. But Who, sorry? Uh, Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe, yeah. 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 So, he, he, you know, what can he keep overperforming or, you know, will those stats catch up or whatever? Um, but apart from that, annoyingly, as you pointed out at the beginning, Raf and Jota are your best options. So I think if you're told that they're only out for a week, if your bench can take it, just roll. I, I'm that. Yeah. No, no, it sounds quite passive, but maybe that's the best option when no one else jumps out. Yeah, I mean Leeds need Rafinha. They need him. Um, I thought they were decent against Spurs saying that, but. He's easily their best player, isn't he? He is their yeah, big time. He's a superstar. Whereas Liverpool, Minamino got a goal, didn't he? And he's he can fill in for the short term for Jota, I think. Yeah, and in the past, Oxley Chamberlain has played a false nine and stuff yeah, like that. So they do have a couple of options, but with Origi gone as well, and you know, having sole players in the summer, they are looking quite light across the front line now. Yeah. But we'll Fair. wait and see. So yeah, no, no big names. I mean, if you don't have Gallagher. I'd say he's a great person to jump on probably before his price rises again. I think he's 5.9 now. Um, so if you don't have him and you're thinking you're definitely going to make the switch, he'd probably be, be my number one. Agree, man. Nice. Uh, question number seven. Is it time, Jack, to replace Antonio? Last week we said, no, no, no. Are we now saying maybe? Oh, it's difficult. Isn't it? I'm thinking maybe now. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe. Just having what a, a look difference at the a game week makes. I know. Well, yeah, he's been slipping, hasn't he? For quite a few weeks now. He's not scored now in, is it five game weeks? It's adding up. It's adding up now. And looking at the XG data for just November, so this month, he's not even in, I mean, he's nowhere near the top 10. Top 20 is not there. I mean, he's, he's just not there. Sadly for for Mikel, and 
Yeah, it's hard, isn't it, when a player does so well at the start and you bring him in maybe a bit late and, and then it dries up for them. Letting go of that is so difficult because you finally, it's the classic sort of, you wait and wait and wait, get him at last, and then they dry up. We saw it with Pookie, didn't we, that year he came up, smashed it, and then January didn't score again. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because there's, the other strikers aren't doing anything either apart from some of the budget options. So what it does lend itself to and what I'm looking at that I've alluded to is using him to restructure the way finance is spreading my team, downgrading him to a king or a Cornet, who I've now discovered as a midfielder, so I can't get him. Um, and then upgrading that defence to get those big boys in at the back. So it's him. Yeah, but then... I've got Kane as well, you know, and many people have got Kane who also isn't firing. So it's a question of who's the worst out of them, which is a horrible dilemma to have when you've got two of your strikers in that position of you hate them both, but who's worse. So yeah, Antonio just doesn't seem to be doing the same things he was doing. He kind of, he's gotten a lot of getting those hockey assists, but I'm not seeing great saves made from the keeper from Antonio efforts or chances he's squandering as much. And the XG data seems to show it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, against Wolves, it was a bit disappointing. You know, two shots on two shots from him, very low XG, 0.06. And I think I was almost expecting a dip in his his returns because of, you know, the, these tough fixtures that West Ham have got coming up. But I didn't expect to see it in this particular fixture. Um, so, you know, they've got Man City next, then Brighton, you know, who proven themselves tough defensively, then Chelsea. It's hideous. You know, then Burnley, who are starting to turn around a bit, then Arsenal, who are on an upward trajectory, despite the Liverpool game, they are still moving in the right direction. So it's not looking great for West Ham assets. And that's the whole reason why I was reticent about pushing Bowen recently. So what you're saying is we may have... You could see him continue to stall for another, you know, four or five game weeks. And then you start thinking you have to get him out. But what comes to mind for me then is what you said last week about the philosophy of don't concentrate on who you want to get out, concentrate on who you want to bring in. And obviously then think about who, who needs to go from your team. So I'd only get rid of him if you were really, really thinking I need to bring in a striker or as as you said before, shifting budget around, and he he's got to be the head to go because of that. I wouldn't folk. He would not be the reason solely why I got rid of him. If you know what I mean, it would have to be for a greater goal. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Don't just ditch him and then look for a striker because you, you don't like <laughs> yeah. him. Um, but he is frustrating, and a lot of people still own him. A lot of people still own him. I think he's um, yeah, he's still forty seven percent owned. So basically, one in two teams have him. And yeah, he's, you're right with those fixtures coupled with his form. I think it's it's a very justified sell. Yeah, for, for anti boy, God love him. God love, do him. love him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, okay. The, the eighth and final quick fire. Is it no longer time to target Newcastle or Norwich fixtures? Hmm. Good question. Good question. I that. think Norwich. Norwich, let's tackle them both individually then. Norwich are still an easy fixture, I think. I think they got a bit lucky against Saints with McCarthy having a bit of a mare for both their goals. And they obviously had that new manager bounce, which doesn't last long uh, for any team. I still don't think they're a great fixture at all, Norwich. I think the better teams will be put into the sword a bit. And Saints are just a weird one, aren't they? They can get a result against a great team and then look rubbish. They sort of play... They're a sort of team that um, reduces or raises themselves to the level of their opposition sometimes, Saints. Uh, so Norwich, yeah, attack them still. Attack Norwich. Newcastle, I still think attack Newcastle. I don't think they're that great still. Burnley yeah, two two draws. Two draws in the last two for them. And I know what you mean. Like Maybe the thing that saved them in that last game, you know, that three all against Brentford is is the home 
advantage there, a bit of a bounce. Yeah, the feel-good factor is there, which is dangerous, isn't it? There is the feel-good factor. And Eddie Howe, will he be at the next game after the COVID thing? I think he probably will. I think he he's, should be. But, but Bright, Brighton the week before, one all away. I mean, that's a decent result. It is, yeah, it is. I don't know. I'm still too. I'm still hesitant to say that they're not a bad team. It's still the same players Bruce had, isn't it? You know, Joe Linton's yeah. not going to start being amazing. I don't care, is he? True. He's not. Lionel, Joe Linton. And yeah, apart from ASM, I think they're still pretty rubbish. And it would yeah. be funny if they went down, wouldn't it? It would just be funny after the takeover. <laughs> would be hilarious. They down. It'd be brilliant. So, and I think other teams think it would be funny. So they're going to try and beat them. And yeah, yeah, no, I still, I'm, I think it's too early to say that those aren't the easiest fixtures still. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Okay, that's the quick fires. Um, we're going to quickly move on to key fixtures. So in the past, you know, we've just chosen maybe three, three, four, five, whatever fixtures we think are going to be most significant. This week's really tough because there's a lot of tight matchups. And I think yeah, there's only a couple really, and it's they're the both the, the sun, you know, Super Sunday fixtures, where people are going to have a, maybe a lot of assets, and so they're worth talking about. And the first, yeah. then, I, out of the two I've chosen, is City at home to West Ham. What do you think about this one? You know, West Ham haven't been great recently, but if you're still having your Antonios and maybe your Bowens or Ben Ramas or Fornals. What the hell are you going to do with them in this fixture? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not a good, not a good fixture for West Ham at all. I think they're not firing as, as and again, we've mentioned selling Antonio as an option. This is this fixture is one of the big reasons why. And if you decide to keep Antonio, definitely play him. And I'd say the same for Bowen and your other West Ham attacking assets. City. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, City, I'm still not looking at their players and thinking I really want them apart from Cancelo. I mean, we did, did you, what did you think of Bernardo Silva? Would you, would you target him? Um, I don't think he's got a high enough ceiling to take the risk, personally. Yeah. Like, he, we've caught him in a good moment. Great. Will he continue doing that for 10, 10 more game weeks, let alone the rest of the season? Probably not. Um, and I think he's one of those people that you want to bring in, uh, like a mid-price player that you want to bring in in their good moment. But there's so there's a, there's better players, I think, um, other talisman fair. that are coming in at a better, better price points as well. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. If I had players from both these teams, I wouldn't be feeling too great about it, apart from maybe Cancelo. So. Yeah, I think Man City will win for sure. But um, and do you think West Ham will score? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know. So you're still sure. going to play, play all assets, basically. Yeah, I think I think play. I mean, like I said, when we whenever we do this fixture, I'm like, it's rare you bench an attacking asset that you'd normally start, isn't it? Regardless of the fixture. So yeah, play Antonio if you do keep him because he, he you know he can get goals, but. It would be the West Ham defenders I'd look to to rotate out. So I've got Johnson. I'd, I'm definitely not playing him this week. So yeah, yeah. Do you think City will win? Do you concur? Yeah, I think they're going to turn him over. Um, especially with West Ham being a bit low on confidence at the moment. I'm not because they're not firing as well. It's the worst time for them to play City. You know, the team with the best xGA in the league. Uh, I think they're not going to score against them. So. Looking at cleans for your city defenders, whoever they may be, hopefully Diaz this week. Um, but great, that's all good. And the only other one that that we put in the spotlight is Chelsea at home to United. Mm-hmm. So we've already talked about the uncertainties around United, but it's obviously play your Chelsea assets. But if you've got United assets, or is it actually just I'll let you comment. I'm putting words in your mouth. I mean, yeah, if there's ever a reason to not jump on United assets after only being fired, it's this fixture, isn't it? Chelsea look amazing at the moment. And United, I think Gary Neville said it, you know, 
even though Ole's gone, the players really need to sort themselves out because they could get humiliated here, like they got humiliated against Liverpool and City. Chelsea will be looking at it thinking, you know, it's our turn now. It's our turn for a piece of the Man United pie here. And I think they'll get it. I think they'll get pie two shell against Carrick. I mean, it's going to be, if there was ever a mismatch in management credentials, it's, yeah. uh, it's David that, against it? Goliath, but with yeah. David with both hands tied behind his back. Yeah. Blindfold. Yeah. Actually, what would happen if David fought Goliath, which Goliath would destroy him? So, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, I'd, I mean, I'd even, if I had, I can be, yeah, you just, if Lukaku was sort of fully fit and was definitely going to start up, that would be a captainable fixture for me, for Lukaku, because he'll wow. have a point, he's got the point to prove. United are awful. And he's amazing. So, do we know what the deal is with him? No, I mean, it was reported that he was going to be unavailable quite early on, wasn't it? But as far as I, everything that I've read, there's no timeline. So, we're in the dark still, I think. Uh, it'd be interesting if he makes an appearance in Europe. Because mm. um, his return is something I've definitely got my eye on. Even though he kind of had a stuttery start, didn't he, after a good initial first game? Yeah, but Chelsea uh, flying, so... Yeah, what you, I mean, Chilwell could have a field day here. And, yeah, I'm looking to get him in, I think. Lovely. Uh, yeah, what, do you agree with all that? Sorry, I've just I agree with all of that. I think it's um, not enough not enough time and no, not enough change for United to change their fate. Yeah, I think it's you, going to be much the same as you'd expect right now. Yeah, you do see it, don't you, though, sometimes, like a manager leaves. Like, Ole had it, didn't he, when Mourinho left. Like, he didn't really seem to do anything. And the players just suddenly started playing like they were really relieved. Like, they'd just got all this freedom suddenly. I don't think that was Ole just magically making them really creative. It was just shackles are off. So they finally felt they could just pass it wherever they wanted and they, they flexed their muscles a bit. So maybe there'll be a similar feeling. But it doesn't feel like the same relief for the players that it felt when Mourinho left. It's more, oh my God, we're in an awful state here. Sorry that you have to go, Ole, I really like you. I can't really explain what's happened. Ole's gone. Oh, we got Carrick. It's still yeah. a mess. It's that kind of feeling. Um, yeah, it'd be a fascinating, morbid watch. If you, Yeah, <laughs> if I you can't wait to tune in. I can't wait to see them either. I cannot wait. <laughs> Chelsea just destroy them. <laughs> no, I don't. Sorry, United fans. You so you have suffered a lot, to be fair, and the, even I've got my limits. May continue for just a little bit longer. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. So no other fixtures caught your eye, Josh? Well, no. I mean, the only one that I think you might be interested in, if you're looking at a double Watford attack, is Leicester at home to Watford on the Sunday as well. So yeah, Leicester think, look a bit shaky, and to say the least, to say the least, they look shaky, man. Would you think a goal fest there? I don't know. Maybe Watford do like scoring goals now. It seems and conceding goals. Yeah, I wonder if Brendan. Since that United rumor about Rogers come out, they just haven't looked the same, have they, Leicester? They just, ugh, they're just not. Really unappealing FPL wise, aren't they, Leicester? Now, Vardy's a sell, I would say, if you've got it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you'd say this is a good fixture, like on paper. You'd if if you're looking at it without without you know the maybe the recent form of of the teams, you'd say Vardy at home to Watford. I'd want to keep him for this fixture, and they are leaky at the back, Watford. So you say you know they you know Leicester could still score goals even if they lose so I mean my I'm I've got Vardy I'm probably going to keep him just because there's no one that I want to move him on to and I've only got one transfer but mm. I know what you mean if you're if you've got if you want to move to another forward then it's not Watford are looking good and Leicester are looking bad but yeah great so that's it um and yeah, let's take another break and we'll just come back and do the game week 13 and the algo teams. Good stuff. Nice one. Back again. So, Jack, as promised, game week 13. I'll kick it to you first. Transfer plans, you've mentioned a little bit already, and captaincy. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah, captaincy out the way, it's going to be Mo. Can be Mo. a moment, momentito, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, transfer Easy. wise. So I ro I've rolled one. So I've got the two going. Antonio, I think, is on the chopping block. So I need those sweet, sweet defenders. I need those Cancelos and Chilwells. So I've got my eye on Chile, my eye on Chilwell. So it's a question of Antonio out and maybe a Cody or a Duffy to chill, chill Bill. But my, the only, and that seems pretty straightforward. My only question is, do I get Kane out instead and go for Chilwell and someone else and keep Antonio? So it's, that's my dilemma. If the benefit of getting Kane out is it's obviously a lot more money in the bank I'll have to play with. But I can make the move with Antonio out and keep Kane. And Kane has got the good fixtures. So Kane's got Burnley... Brentford and Norwich next, which is a love as good a run as you're going to get. I just think with Kane, he just clearly does not want to be there, man. Like watching that Spurs game, he, I mean, there, he had a few, he had, it's one of those, he had some chances and it, that he should have scored and the keeper made some good saves and he looked sad he didn't score, which is fine. But with him, I just, surely in his head, he thinks every goal I score here is a win for Levy for keeping me against my will. So I wonder if that just takes enough percentage points off his performance that is enough to really hinder him. And I really regret getting him. Yeah, I got him and Mane in like a double swoop with like my like big purchases the year. Um, Mane's come great. Kane has been a disaster. Do I just cut the cord with Kane and keep Antonio? What do you think about about what I should do with those two? I'll start by saying I don't think there's much between them, like in terms of assets in themselves. But the fact that Spurs do have the better fixtures and Conte looks like he's starting to, you know, give them some, a fire in their belly, at least nothing else. Like, mm. That's what we're starting to see. And it was reassuring for Kane owners to see him get in those positions and his XG for that game was like 0 0.7 or something like that. So, Good signs, but again, no points, no that no returns. But out of the two, I'd be more confident in Kane returning over the next five than Antonio. It mm -hmm. only comes down to whether whether you need that extra cash, because obviously Kane's an expensive asset to hold on to just for the sake of it. Um, so yeah. you know, if, if you've got enough cash and it's just between the performance of those two over the next four or five, I think Kane's going to be better. Yeah, the other question is, is which striker, obviously, I bring in for that player who I'll probably play. So we talked about King. That would leave me with King and Dennis, mm -hmm. which does look insane, really, having them both in my team and probably starting a lot of games together. The other options, really, though, that for those budget strikers are, it's Benteke, who I don't think we've mentioned yet. Scored four goals. Yeah, he's doing well. I just worry about Benteke. That is he nailed? Is he going to get rotated with Edouard? Um, which he has been before. Yeah, he's not got consistent 90s this year, Benteke. And I wouldn't want him playing. I'm coming on. And then there's Huang, who obviously didn't register this week, but has looked pretty sharp for Wolves. Hasn't. He's blanked the last few. Um the Adam Armstrongs. I mean, I'm in that zone, you know. I don't really like that zone. Pookie, he's starting to score. I mean, I mean, what, what am I doing here? What about even Villa assets? Are you looking at any Villa assets with their results now? Well, a bit too pricey, I think, Joshua. So I can't really afford anyone above six and a half. So Ings and Watkins are probably off the table for me. Um, is all I'd say there. So no is the answer to them. Yeah, and I, I guess, yeah, you're right. Out of the ones that you've just mentioned, on paper, probably Dennis and King have shown the most over recent fixtures, mm. but they've got the worst fixtures coming up. And it seems madness to have them both. It does, it does. It is madness to have them both, I would oh, say. Oh, it does. What are Palace's fixtures saying? Are they... Palace is a, a, a decent, so they've got... Villa leads United, Everton, Southampton. It's five easy fixtures, man. Yeah, maybe Benteke is the way forward on this. Is that insane? 
Benteke and Dennis up front. <laughs> I mean, I need to just would you test. be starting them? That's the other thing, isn't it? Well, I'd be sort of, it would be a rotation thing. So, I mean, and Wemo's still kicking about for me. So do you start, it's that, I'm suddenly in the dilemma of which four out of Livramento and Wemo, Benteke and Dennis am I starting? Which two out of those four? So interesting one. Yeah, uh, food for thought, but I mean, yeah, I'm gonna let it. I'm because I'm still because it does seem so mental. I'll let let the European fixtures play out. Maybe there'll be a terrible injury I have to address before then, and then make my make my decision um, later. I've got enough leeway, I think, prices wise to to afford it. And I think Chilwell's the one to go for. Would you say over him, James and Cancelo? I can't afford actually. I don't think unless I dropped Kane. So would Chilwell, do you think Chilwell's a sensible target? He seems sensible is the word, isn't it? He seems like Not the exciting. one who's, who's going to be, yeah, exciting, um, going to be the one to get the more guaranteed minutes, but definitely not nailed. Like more guaranteed minutes out of the two, him and James. And, but James has been maybe performing better, I'd say. I know Chilwell had the better XG in that game with that shot, but mm. James got the bonus points. So, you know, oh, he's, he's cheaper. obviously... He's cheaper, yeah. James, isn't he? Yeah, so I mean, if I was you, and I, I am, I'm, I am you in some ways. Because I'm looking at bringing one of them. Um, oh, Chillwell, awesome. Chillwell's the one for me. Cool. Okay, that's enough about me. What are, What are you up to this week? Uh, yeah, so taking that philosophy that I said, looking at who you want to bring in rather than who you want to get out. In an ideal world, I would go Chillwell and get DS out. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because he was benched this game week, but just because I think it's nice to spread the two premium defensive assets across the three teams rather than double up on City. And obviously, Chilwell's got much greater potential for the attacking returns. So just those yeah. those reasons, really. Um, bit of a, not exactly a sideways move, maybe a diagonal kind of move. Um, but Jota and Rafinha could be a, a problem. Because um, I've already got, got Douglas Louise, who's out for an unconfirmed amount of time. So I've got just, you know, the two playing bench players, and that's never a good place to be, is it? So I may have to fix one of those problems before I can make that chill well move. And, um, you know, United this week, as you said, there may be a bounce. So I'm not, I'm not feeling the real need to bring them in. That could be, you know, it could be kind of tempting fate there a little bit but yeah I can afford to wait another week I think if I've got to fix the Jota Rafinha issue first and yeah, Salah fair. captaincy as you said nailed yeah got to be done yeah you're unlucky with the Jota injury I think big time hopefully he pulls through but um, it's a great time to earn and when Firmino is injured it is a great time to earn Jota no doubt about it yeah he could he had lots of I mean he could have scored another one for sure and they would just look electric didn't they the three of them up front so yeah points all round um Great. That's game week 13, transfers and captaincy. Now, final section. Algo teams, Jack. How did the boys do? How did our boys get on? The algorithm team. So, XG11 and differential 11. Teams picked based on algorithms, respectively. I'll just load up their league. And they had some, we've seen some two good weeks for both teams, Josh. A rare thing. What we've found so far is if the differential United have a good team, the XG one tend to not have so good week and, and vice versa. But this week, they've both beaten my team. So well Damn. done. Well done, robots. Hmm. Let's start with the differential 11. So they got 63 points. Pretty good. Nice six points above the average. Uh, we made a, despite a bad transfer, actually. So Chalaba went out. You got six points. And Emerson Royale of Spurs came in. With uh, with a one pointer for Emerson, so not too good. But the differentials that have been picked so far did pretty well. So Henry of Brentford, seven points, oh. obviously getting a goal. Take that. Samedo with a rare return, I would say. Um, he actually came off the bench for De Bruyne, who didn't play. Who will have to? Who the robot will have to look to get out this week? Uh, Manny captaincy. Obviously, really good. 24 points from that. And St. Maximan and Jimenez up front, differential striker options, getting 10 and 8 points, respectively. So, 
a solid week for, for the differential 11, rocketing up the ranks from mm. 4.7 mil to 4.5 mil. Go on, well boys. Go on, the lads. So well done, Differential United. Uh, and yeah, it's rare that, because it was quite a high week scoring-wise, wasn't it? Across the board, I think average 57 points. It's rare the differential team does well in those weeks because all the yeah. popular players are scoring highly. But this just showed that loads of players were scoring highly, even differentials. So, so fair play, differential United. And moving on to the XG11, a whopping 75 points for these guys. So huge. So showing that the XG underlying numbers are coming, are starting to pay dividends now. Uh, and the big one was for two players that have been in the XG11 since day one, I think. Defenders. Defenders. So brilliant underlying stats for them both. Tarkowski and Ben Mee, the Burnley double, eight and seven points respectively. And another one, Sace at the back with seven points for, for Wolves. So that's a brilliant return from those three defenders. Salah captain, 16 points, standard. Gallagher got a return, Jota got a return, Mane got a return. So it's that three-pronged Liverpool midfield. Incredible, really, that they're all three so high on the XG table, but it just goes to show how, how good they are, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So those three doing really well. I think it's quite rare that a team would have those three in, but, but really paying off for these guys. And But the striker woes that plagued the game also played the XG11. Only Chris Wood getting a return with Aubameyang and Antonio not doing so. So, um, yeah, the Vardy to Aubameyang transfer this week didn't really make a difference. Just two points for, for yeah. those guys. So we'll see what happens later in the week with transfers. But, yeah, two good weeks for the algorithms. Lovely. Uh, it's always good to see them, you know, do well. They had a bit of a tough spot for a few weeks, but... They've had, a, yeah, they've had a rocky period, yeah, so great for them. Happy for them. <laughs> Uh, great so yeah that's it I guess the only other thing to say is you know like and subscribe we'll obviously be posting more more videos and snippets and other various little bits of discussion and questions and analysis as well through the week as we normally do you know YouTube Spotify we're on TikTok now as well all under the name of another FPL or AFPL uh, podcast and yeah anything else to say Jack apart from um Enjoy game week 13, really. Yeah. May your arrows be green. May your arrows be green. Lovely. <laughs> All right. See you in a bit. All right. Cheers, Josh. Bye-bye. Bye.